0: Hey Pitches! Welcome back to Pitch Slapped. My name is Kayleigh Hillier and this is the Pitch Perfect podcast. Here on the podcast, because I'm just a little bit obsessed with everything to do with Pitch Perfect, I like to delve into every aspect of it from the actors and the actresses to the movies and the fandom and the creators. And so today on the show, I want to learn a little bit more about fan fiction. Fan fiction is a big aspect of the fandom, and there's so many creators that contribute to making amazing stories about the pitch perfect characters. And with that, there's a whole area of sort of work and creativity that goes into creating fan fiction. And one of those is betas. Now, if you don't know what a beta is, have no fear, because we're going to delve into it today. I saw on Tumblr that there is a beta project that a few creators have got together and kind of created to help fan fiction writers with their work in the Pitch Perfect fandom. So I was like, I don't know that much about betering. Let's find out about it. So I managed to get hold of the creator who started the beta project and we'll be talking to Carter a little bit later on. We've also got some fan fiction to delve in for you as well, including a hockey fic. But of course, before we get to all of that, it's time to delve into our actor news. So let's blow that pitch pipe and get into it. (coughs) This week on actor news, Rebel Wilson is preparing for the first series of Pooch Perfect USA. Get Get the name there pooch perfect it will be premiering on abc from march the 30th and this is a show rebel wilson did in australia and now she's taking it to the states fun fact it totally freaked me out the other day because i was watching tv and then there was an advert for pooch perfect uk so apparently we also have a version of this show now where it came from, I don't know. I don't know if the Australian version is the original version, but it does, it does feel that way. Unfortunately, we don't have Rebel Wilson doing it in the UK at somebody else, but still, just the whole idea of Pooch Perfect, I mean, it's, uh, it's a whole mood. It's, it's, it's interesting. In other news, Kay Cannon is preparing for her release of her new movie. She's directing... The Cinderella movie, which is coming out in July 2021. And with all of the US inauguration talk, obviously the Bernie Sanders meme that came out has been circulating around the internet. And of course there were going to be some Pitch Perfect memes. Chrissy fit shared one of the Bellas at graduation with Bernie Sanders just like sat on the side. It was very cool. Also... Anna Camp shared one from the movie she did Milkshake, directed by Brittany Snow, where she sat on a chair with the kid from the movie and then Bernie Sanders sat right next to them. So good. And with that as well, there's been a bunch of creators in the fandom who have made their own versions of the Bernie Sanders meme. If you check out on Tumblr, Becca's Belt made one. With the Bellas at rehearsal from Pitch Perfect One, where they're all lined up in their chairs, and there's like Bernie Sanders just on the side. And then also Becca Mitchell has made a few as well. There's one with the audition scene with like Chloe and Aubrey there, and then Bernie Sanders is just sat. It's just amazing. It's so good. And then also one of the retreat. It's the scene where Becca and Chloe are fighting at the retreat. And all the Bellas are sat around this picnic table. And then there's Bernie Sanders. It's so good. So if you want to check them out, they are are available to see online. And I think Chrissy Fitz put hers on her Instagram and her Tumblr. So you can check those out. And there you go. Bernie Sanders. Clearly a fan of Pitch Perfect. So that's our action news for this week. Now we're going to be delving into what a beta is. Now, I am a big fan of the fan fiction in the fandom. I love reading it. I love delving into it. But sometimes I don't always appreciate the amount of hard work that goes into creating these stories. And there's lots of different ways in which people kind of go about the creative process. And some writers like to use what they call betas. Now it's not for everybody, but I didn't know that much about betas when I saw about this beta project online and I was like I need to know more about this like what does a beta do what what is their purpose how does it help a writer so so I thought I'd go and find a little bit more about it and like figure out this whole new kind of side of fan fiction writing that I just don't know anything about and I'm very very grateful that the creator of the beta project was able to take the time to speak to me and to kind of delve more into this whole area of fan fiction writing. We learn a lot about fan fiction on the podcast. Like I kind of dove into the world of fan fiction through Pitch Perfect and kind of got hooked on it. And it was great. And it wasn't until I started talking to creators and realising how much work goes into to creating fan fiction and there's lots of different aspects of it and I was so interested recently where I saw a post on Tumblr asking for beta readers for fan fiction writers and I thought what is this like what is this whole world that we know nothing about so I got in contact with the creator behind the beta list and I'm excited to talk to her today so thank you so much to Carter for joining me hi Carter hi Kaylee thank you for having me For those who might not know, can you maybe
1: let us know a little bit about yourself? Sure. You might know me as Rebecca Mitchell on Tumblr or um, Karma19 on AO3. I've been writing fanfic on and off for, oh God, like 20 years. I'm really aging myself here. I started in the Harry Potter fandom and I wrote primarily in Harry Potter for a really long time. Um, And I I dabbled in some other fandoms, but but I wasn't really hooked on another one until I discovered Pitch Perfect. And my fix in Pitch Perfect tend to be kind of all over the place genre-wise. So I can range from like canon compliant, like all through Pitch Perfect 3 to completely AU stuff. And I think I put out a pretty even-ish mix of like angst and fluff and humor and, and smut. So I guess it kind of depends on the writing mood. I think some of the bigger ones I've been working on, my time traveler's wife, AU, is Life on Shuffle. And that's uh, Becca as a time traveler. So that's been going on for a couple years now. I really, really love that one. That's kind of my baby. I co-wrote a zombie apocalypse Beck Chloe fic based on The Last of Us the video game and I wrote like a an angsty with a happy ending fic called never too late recently and the last two are finished so that that's always a good feeling when you're able to hit that complete button
0: all sorts of stuff that's amazing though that you've been doing it for I mean you said sort of a good amount of years yeah in different fandoms and kind of moving through
1: yeah um and it's interesting because I I was really into it in high school and college. But like college and when I was in graduate school, I was so busy with schoolwork and so bogged down with academic related reading and writing that I just stopped cold for about two or three years. And then I got back into it a little bit later. So there are definitely periods of like being more involved and not being as involved. And I think that's pretty normal.
0: What was it that got you interested in fic writing?
1: Well, I believe just kind of reading stories and not being satisfied with, with what the canon material was giving me. I mean, I, I think that might be a you know, an impetus for why many fic writers write fic, right? Like a lot of just kind of fix it or like maybe delving deeper into something that the canon material didn't explore as much. So that was it for me. I was kind of writing between the Harry Potter books and so eager for things to come out. And I just didn't want to wait another year or two or three for things to happen. So I think that's kind of where I stumbled upon fanfic and the magic of it all.
0: That's really cool, especially with something like Harry Potter, because it was years between books sometimes. (laughs) And you're like, I've got to just write something.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. That was absolutely why I I got into that for sure.
0: So delving into then the Pitch Perfect world, Mm -hmm. how did you get into the Pitch Perfect
1: fandom and writing for Pitch Perfect? Oh, how did I? I loved the movies. And I think, uh, I think I was really just getting burnout on Potter, honestly. And uh, it was really, I think, easier for me to fall into Pitch Perfect because the movie and, and Beck Chloe, which is the ship that I'm really into, just kind of hit all like the sweetest notes for me as far as like things that I love, like all the best tropes, like the grumpy one and the sunshine one and um, best friends to lovers and found family and, and just the incorporation of music into all of it and all the Bellas and how. they're they're fleshed out and how people view them and write them is just, uh, is really awesome to see people's different takes on them, different headcanons. I've always really loved redheads too. So, Brittany Snow as a redhead was a big draw for me too, honestly. And I've been a big fan of Anna Kendrick for a while. So, yeah, it was kind of a, a good fit for me, I think you found this little world and you're like hey I'm going to stay here now this is <laughs> yeah it's like okay here's a hyperfixation that's going to just kind of drag me for however many years I don't know I spent a lot of time in, in Harry Potter so I, I I can be in this for the long haul I guess and I've met so many really really awesome people who are just friendly and helpful and it's been really really great just making friends here too I think that that really helps helps me want to stick around so
0: yeah definitely I think it's quite amazing like I haven't I've only kind of actively dove into the fandom in the last kind of 18 months maybe two years kind of getting confident to actually write something on Tumblr or like communicate with people and then it was like amazing the sort of friendliness that was there and the people that you meet and um, what I love as well is just like you meet all these creative people you know they have all these ideas and they're, they're kind of writing stuff over here or making artwork and um, just to be able to kind of see their process and what they do. It's fascinating.
1: It really, it's so inspiring. It really is. Um, just, you know, reading other people's styles and other people's takes on on the characters and situations.
0: So I saw your post about this beta project, which kind of I got quite intrigued about because I've heard of betas before, but I'm not entirely sure what it is. And and I think a lot of people who maybe are not familiar with fan fiction that much or the process that goes into it, it could be quite a new thing because until you start speaking to writers and stuff, it's hard to know how much work actually goes into writing these stories. You know, I talk to writers and some of them, it can take a long time to get the thought process of an idea together or how long they spend sometimes writing stories. Sometimes you don't appreciate the amount of work that people put into it. I think for a lot of people it's a labour of love. You know, it's not something you get paid to do. This is something that you've enjoyed and you kind of channel it in. So what is the beta project that you've kind of put together?
1: You're right about it being a labor of love. It really is. Just full disclaimer, I think before we start talking about the beta things that I'm I'm not an expert writer or editor or anything like that. Um, I'm just someone with a fair amount of experience, you know, writing fan fiction and working with betas as a writer and being a beta for people um, a few times over the years not all writers use betas and that's cool too. Um, You know, I'm certainly guilty of just needing to like get something out of me and post it right away. (laughs) I know some people are like that too. And you know, there's not like a right or a wrong way to write, but it's, it's just good that people know that betas are available to you because I mean, I've had like invaluable experiences with betas helping and teaching me things and making me better. So this project came out of Actually, um, I had a, a really good friend of mine ask me a few weeks ago, "Can you beta my fic?" And ordinarily, I would like move mountains to do this, but I I've been in a really difficult mental state, as I think we've all been um, at times in uh, pandemica right now, um, and and going back to work. I work in a school and. I have to go back into the building and it's just been a, a really tough time so I knew that I wouldn't have kind of the brain power or the emotional availability to uh, really be helpful to my friend and I felt like really guilty about it and I was like but I knew this person had other people to ask so so that was good but I still feel really bad and then a week or two later another friend was sharing that she was running into the this- same thing where somebody had asked her to beta a fic and she's like, I just, I wasn't in the right brain state. I, you know, I couldn't commit. I'm so busy. I have all this other stuff to do. And I feel bad because I don't know where to send this person for help. And I said, well, it would be really cool if we had a, a database, right? Like a somewhere where people, because I know some people just love to beta read. Um, there are a lot of perks to it. It's it's a cool thing. And, and I, I'm happy to get into that later. But um, that's kind of where it came from. Like I, I was kind of sensing that this would be really helpful to people to have somewhere they can go, writers, if they would like some extra help with their fix. So the beta doc, um, I actually, I shortened the, the URL so it's easier for people to remember. It's a, a bit.ly link. So it's bit.ly backslash betas. So it's easier to find now. (laughs) So far, we have 16 betas signed up, which is amazing. Thank you to all the people who have signed up. Um, And the betas on the sheet, they wrote their contact information. They wrote the pairings that they prefer to read and, and edit. Maybe, you know, you're more comfortable with certain characters and their preferred genres that they like to beta. And the word count range. So maybe some people are more comfortable with, Doing a one shot here and there, or maybe they're comfortable um, baiting a massive 300,000 word fic, you know. So you can scan as a writer and see like who might be a good fic and who might be available for you to reach out to. Um, and I just I want to give a shout out to uh, Ellie who offered to help me organize the doc, and um, she made a really cool gift set for it too. But I just really hope that this is a resource that that writers, um, if they need an extra pair of eyes or two or three on their fic they'll have some people to reach out to who are really eager to to help
0: that's really cool and i think it's quite interesting because like you said you know everybody has a different creative process and so this is just something that creators can use if they feel it works for them to find those collaborations where they can kind of have someone help them out with their fix and and things like that and then I think that's sometimes the difficulty is you don't know who to reach out to when you are looking. And so having a space with that available with willing volunteers is really cool.
1: Yeah, uh, for sure. Especially if you're newer to the fandom and you maybe don't know people as well. There's value in going to your friends for help and there's value to not knowing somebody and asking them to read it without having any you know, preconceived notions about you or how you write. So it really depends what you're looking for.
0: And the sort of flexibility with that as well is kind of really exciting, allowing people who are willing to read and those who are looking for betas kind of come together and find hopefully find something that works for them.
1: Yeah. Yeah, that's that's the hope and that's the goal with this for sure.
0: So for those people like me who don't really
1: know that much, what is a beta? So a beta reader is basically a test reader of your story who's reading with the intention of um, giving you feedback to improve your story in some way. Um, Some betas get involved like in the brainstorming process before the writing is actually happening. But most of the betas, uh, they come in after the writer has done their own editing pass on it. This is just me being a nerd, but if you write and you just kind of send it off to somebody without even looking through it yourself, that's technically an alpha reader. That's why it's called a beta reader because you're expected to kind of make your first editing pass just because you wanna get the most bang for your buck, like from your your beta reader, right? So you you wanna fix things that you can fix yourself first, just to leave it, um, make it the best you can be. The feedback from the beta is really supposed to be that first like external um, helper to help you with it. A perk for the betas is that like it's a sneak peek of a story that's not published yet, which is which is really cool, especially if you know you're a fan of that writer and you can really you know help them out. And uh, it's important to note that betas, they don't go in and make actual edits to the story all of the actual editing is done by the writer. So what the writer will do is share like a Google doc or a word doc or whatever they use and betas read for you and make notes either in like track changes or comments. I know because I'm a huge grammar person and like spelling person. And like, I'm so tempted to (laughs) just like go in and fix things when people ask me to just grammatically, but you know, you have to resist doing that and just make a comment about it because that's you know that's helpful to the writer and that helps the writer learn so that's really what a beta does is they they highlight and and comment just give their reaction through the story and then they can they can talk to the writer after and give them just feedback about what they felt about it how they can make it better and what they liked about it too which is also really important
0: that's really cool i think especially number one You can read a fic a little bit earlier before it comes out. You get that like sneak peek. (laughs) But also the fact that it's helping the creator in their creative process. It's quite difficult because a lot of arty things that people get up to is a very solo thing to do. Like, you know, you're the writer, you write it all out. It's done. What do you do with it? Or like when I've done and done photography, I'll go out and do a series of shots on a subject or something like that but often it's a very solo thing and and it's all kind of in your head until you have the opportunity to kind of show it to other people and talk about it and kind of figure out if it works. You don't get that collaboration with just kind of creatively how that helps the creator, if that makes sense. There's something really valuable with being able to bounce ideas, see what other people's take on something is because Having it on your, on your head is great, but then trying to display it, somebody else is going to read it completely differently.
1: Absolutely. And that's a really good point because it never really turns out exactly how you have it in your head, right? <laughs> so mm-hmm. so when you're reading your own work, you might even put things from your head in the words that you didn't actually get out or you didn't get it out the way you wanted it to. So, So having that extra pair of eyes is super valuable for sure.
0: And then just understanding how that can help the creator then kind of clean things off. Maybe something didn't get out quite how they thought it was going to be read or interpreted and prepare it for the point where it is ready to then go up and and kind of go on AO3 or fanfiction.net or wherever they publish their work. It's so interesting, especially because like I didn't realise there was something that people who are writers could go and kind of seek for that help and seek for that kind of interaction and having a space where you kind of have people willing and and ready to offer their help um not only helps the creator but then builds that community a a little bit more maybe they find someone that they can bounce ideas off of or or just kind of somebody who's brand new like you said can kind of come in and and begin building up their own kind of People to reach out to or kind of grow their own confidence in their writing.
1: Yeah, I, that's the hope with this with this document. I really just hope that it helps foster those fandom connections and makes writers feel more comfortable posting their work.
0: And we've talked a little bit about how they help writers. From your own experience, how has a beta helped you in your, your process?
1: I've had beta's help in uh, a bunch of different ways. Usually when I ask somebody to beta... I just like them to just read it and tell me what they think. There is a list of like targeted questions that are good to ask betas after. Like, what did you think of of the plot? Are there any hot holes or um, any subplots that I didn't tie up? Or what did you think of, of the pacing? And what did you think of the flow of the story and the dialogue? Do you think that Becca's reaction made sense here? Or did you think that... I made her say dude too much, like knowing my own blind sides, right? Like I usually have specific questions, like guiding questions to help with. In my time travel fic, there's actually a reader who has been so helpful. Like in the comments, would like message me right after I posted it and say, "Oh, you messed up this year here." So, like, so having somebody who's like really following the the content so closely, I reach out back to that person. I was like, "Hey, would you mind like reading the next chapter ahead of time, like just <laughs> to check before I post it?" So yeah, betas for me have been really helpful and. again, Again, like once in a while, I'll post something without having having anybody read it, but that's just usually me being impatient. Once you finish a project, like all you want to do is post it, but but it's it's worth um, it's worth waiting for. It really is that that feedback is is super helpful.
0: And it did make me think as well. Like I think it can be a little bit daunting if you've never used a beta. You know. The fear of getting any sort of criticism or feedback can be really scary. I suppose when you find a good beta, it's a it's a growing process, and creatively you can kind of work with the comments rather than feeling
1: daunted by that. Yeah, definitely. Um, and and writers have varying degrees of thick skin you know mine has built up over the years for sure i'm very much like just give it to me straight tell me the tell me the critiques i'm i'm good you know i'm not going to take it personally but yeah it would help you know for betas to be gentle in their wording, if possible, um, because you know the goal is to help and not to tear somebody apart or make them feel bad. And it is a, a real collaborative process. I think one thing that that helps with that is if betas, you know, when they're making comments about about questions they have or, or confusion um, or suggestions, like to also note like the positives right like so so things that like oh that line was awesome or um i love how you're portraying chloe here you know i loved this interaction between them things like that really kind of soften the blow for people i think i work in in education and mental health so like i'm friends with a lot of teachers and they do this thing when they give their report cards um, I don't know if you've heard of this, but it's like the compliment sandwich. So, so it's like they'll say something you know positive about a student, and then like they'll say what they need to work on, and then they'll they'll give another positive to kind of soften the blow on each end. I mean, that's not necessary for me, but some people might you know really need to work on on developing that that thick skin as a writer, and uh, that's just one method that you could use as a beta to deliver your your critiques. But yeah, definitely, uh, you know, keeping in mind that it's a collaboration and the goal is just to make the story the best it can be. And as a writer, you know, I just always want to learn and grow and and get better with everything I write. So keeping that in mind um, really, really helps.
0: Mm, Yeah, definitely. And I I, like you said, I think it is useful to know what is working what isn't working because like if you have done something that really does work knowing that it works helps the creator then kind of know oh great like i can have confidence in this section this is something i've worked on and maybe like channel that in other areas in the future
1: yes for sure um especially you know when when multiple betas kind of give you the same feedback like you're really good at dialogue like you can kind of carry that through if you know you're working on on developing a different area of of your writing, so having that sense of all the different technical aspects of writing and where your strengths are, where your weaknesses are, uh, definitely help you improve.
0: And that's what I think I love about this whole kind of idea, and it's something I've noticed throughout the fandom. Is this big sort of collaborative feel or space that that can be created, like. You know having writers come together and find people who are willing to beta their work to be able to discuss ideas to be able to discuss kind of how they move through something and finding that kind of positive creative space I think is really important, and it's if you can find it, it's like really special
1: It's so special and and it's like I said it before, it's invaluable it really is.
0: The nice thing is you know these are all people doing it because they enjoy what they do and and like we're all doing this because we love <laughs> the pitch perfect fandom and so it's something that you can try if it doesn't work for you you don't have to do it like but it's all there and it's available for people to kind of get involved.
1: Yeah, and um, there's all different types of beta readers too. So, you know, if you're more comfortable in one area over another area, that's something that you can be upfront with the writer about. And then the writer might like seek uh, help for another aspect of the writing elsewhere. So, you don't have to be a master or an expert by all means in any area. Like I said, personally, like I just want a reader who can just read it ahead of time and just pick up on things that people might notice before I hit that post button. I don't want this to feel like a big daunting thing and you don't have to be a beta reader, but it is really rewarding and writers really appreciate it.
0: So do they need any experience? If you were sort of listening and thinking, man, I'd love to try that. Do people need have any experience or anything to kind of get involved or kind of learn how to become a beta?
1: So as far as training, no. I mean, we don't want people to be professional editors the perk of a beta reader is just they're just a, a reader, and we just value honest feedback as writers. That's the key. The thing that's important to keep in mind as a, a beta reader is that when you leave comments, at the end of the day, it's the writer's decision whether or not to incorporate that feedback into the story so they might not, but but that doesn't mean you did a bad job. That just that just means you gave them something to think about. And the worst case scenario is that you give somebody feedback and they disagree, and that happens at at all levels. You know, I have I have a, a good friend who's a best-selling author who gets into arguments with her professional-level editor and doesn't take all of her advice, and and that's normal. That's a normal part of the writer um, helper process. So. As long as you know you as a as a beta, you also, you know have that thick skin. it's It's awesome that you're giving feedback, um, but just an understanding that not all feedback needs to be taken and used for the story. So I think as long as you are open to that and um, understanding, I think it's also important that you're on the same page with the writer as far as communication and timelines. Just be honest, you know, if, oh, you have 3000 words, I can get to that in the next couple hours or it's gonna take me a week. Just being honest is the best case scenario. And uh, this makes me think of Kaylee, when I was uh, first publishing Harry Potter fic, um, this was before AO3 and there was a website that assigned betas to each fic. So I got assigned this beta when I was 16 years old and she was so cool. And like, I never talked to her because we just basically had email communication, but it was really really awesome having somebody I didn't know just kind of look at my writing from an objective point of view, um, not knowing me and just just giving me feedback was awesome. So you don't have to have connections to be a beta reader. You just have to kind of have passion for, for reading fic and just wanting to help.
0: Yeah. And I think like you said before, like there's different kinds of beta reading. So like for me, I suck at spelling. I, I you, you do not want to read half the posts I probably put out on social media, have spelling mistakes and they're bad grammar. <laughs> so I think as long as you kind of are aware of the skills that you can offer and just be like, hey, just be upfront if there's something like if you can't do spelling and grammar, just letting the person know or the writer know, hey, that's not something I'm going to be able to check for you. But maybe ideas wise or story wise, I can talk about that or whatever it is, then then you can kind of help them understand where you can help or
1: at least kind of offer your opinion. Yeah, I mean, there's a bunch of different kinds of beta reading. There are there are different kinds of uh, focus that you can have, you know, as as a beta reader, some people really just enjoy reading for for plot, you know, looking for the Big picture of the story, what happens and why, uh, making sure the events in the story make sense, um, looking for any holes in that plot, and making sure all the subplots are tied up. Going along with a plot reader is is also a a flow or a, a pacing reader, and that's usually for longer stories where you are reading to make sure the, the story flows from one scene to the next. They're looking at the transitions you're using. They're looking to make sure your dialogue flows naturally, that the pacing doesn't feel too drawn out. You know, some scenes just kind of feel like they're a little too long or, um, at moments where, you know, important moments where maybe you should pump the brakes a little bit as a writer and really get deeper into the scene and draw it out a little bit. So um, having a beta look at that would be, um, is really helpful. I've I've really uh, appreciated that kind of feedback. Line readers are, are betas who go line by line, focusing on the more technical aspects of writing. So they'll focus on your sentence structure, your word choice, your grammar and spelling. And some writers are, are stronger in that area and they just want the plot. And some people are the opposite where they feel like they're pretty solid with the plot, but they ask the beta to focus more on, on the grammar and spelling and all that stuff. There's world building beta readers who specialize in like setting and locations. And this is more for like fantasy or sci-fi worlds where there's so many different places and characters and species and languages. And you see that in like Game of Thrones and Harry Potter and Lord of the Rings and Star Wars, where um, you would need that less in a fandom like Pitch Perfect However, if you're doing an AU where it's a fantasy or a sci-fi type of story, you might need one, right? So to to check for the world building, I used one for The Last of Us when I did the zombie apocalypse AU. A really important one that I wanted to make sure I hit on were um, sensitivity readers. And this is a special type of beta where if you're writing a story on an area of inclusion that involves an otherness that you haven't experienced, right? So anything from race to gender, to sexuality, to illness or disability, um, any kind of cultural biases that may be ingrained that you're not aware of. um, Having a specific beta with a background in that area, I'm going to call it a must-have. It's kind of like how when sometimes you can tell when men write women characters. And like, it makes you cringe, right? Like There's all those examples online and you're like, oh, come on. But it can be really offensive and hurtful to a community if you write about a minority group and get it wrong because your character might be a reader's only exposure to that group, right? Um, and it might help form their opinion on that quote unquote, otherness, right? The, what's different from them. So having a sensitivity reader who can reduce your chances of writing something inadvertently harmful, because I don't believe anybody writes with the intent of, of harming a population, right? But it can happen. And I think, um, you know, you just want to make sure that your your writing is not full of stereotypes and, and bias. Like I've personally been asked to sensitivity read for a, a straight friend who wrote a bi-character I was reading, you know, to make sure that was that was kosher. And speaking of kosher, I was asked to uh, read for a Jewish character and Jewish traditions, just to make sure that wasn't portrayed in a way that was harmful. So those are really, really important. Also mental health, I work in mental health, I have a lot of training in that area. So if there's any plot that focuses on mental health struggles, I've been reading for uh, accuracy on different mental health related topics. Um, and lastly, the last kind of beta read is just kind of a specialty, um, knowledge. So if you write like a sports fic or an art fic or anything with like historical AU, right? Like somebody might have a better knowledge and that might be a great person to beta. So like Kaylee, if I write a photography fic, I'm going to hit you up and be like, Hey, can you read this to make sure I'm like using all the, the camera terminology, right? And, and all that. So, so those are all the, the different main types of beta readers.
0: Yeah, you don't want my opinion on that. But like <laughs> <laughs> that's so cool though. I didn't realize that there were so many different types. Um it's quite interesting because I I've got an episode talking to writers who do representation in things like autism. And it's really interesting speaking to them because they come from different sides of perspectives on that and obviously they want to represent it right and and like you said you know they can seek for that understanding before they release the story and and having people with backgrounds in that knowledge or or that experience means that you can really kind of tackle those subjects right or hopefully you can tackle them right before you sort of publish the story and you because when i do speak to to creators who want to tackle difficult subjects they do seem to really want to get it right or they have the earnest to want to do that and so knowing that they could reach out to someone understands better than maybe they might if they don't have that directly is really useful.
1: Yeah. And I know that many writers might not want to, or betas may not want to disclose you know, that they belong to a certain group. So what I'm willing to do, and thank you for helping me think about this, is if they want to send me like an anonymous message or a DM or, or, or anything, I can put out a call for somebody who may be comfortable betaing, ing um, and I can kind of set them up Privately, like a little beta writer matchmaker, if that's if that's the case, so they don't have to, you know, disclose something, maybe they're not comfortable disclosing to all of Tumblr. So I'm more than willing to do that to help out because it it really is so, so important to get that right when you do that.
0: It means that they want to write a story that does represent that community or that experience. And they can know that they can get the advice to do that as best as they can. They can get that idea and the message that they want to get across right.
1: Yeah, there's that phrase that I like that not about us without us, where you're going to want somebody um, who has experienced that um, to really kind of give you the seal of approval just to make sure, right? Like just it, it can't hurt and it, well, it can hurt <laughs> to not include that. So so it's worth um, looking for somebody who can help you with that and to put off the publication until you're able to really... Um, get that feedback to make sure that what you're writing is okay.
0: So what advice would you give someone who was interested in beta reading?
1: So people who are interested in beta reading, it would be a good idea to read about the different types of beta reading. I linked to an article in the doc, just so you can get a sense of where your strengths might lie. And then you can be open to discussing that if a writer contacts you. Like I said, be open about what you're comfortable with, about your time constraints. And this is kind of more like a beta writer communication thing, like asking what the writer is looking for, right? They might be looking for a grammar pass where if you don't clear that up and you start evaluating their plot, that could get awkward, right? Because that wasn't really what they were looking for. I think that is definitely... Uh, a good place to start just to have a a conversation about what you're looking for what you think you can provide and writers should provide a summary of of the fic and also it's really important that they provide anything that could be considered triggering to the beta and the the beta can once they learn more about the story at any time say you know what i'm sorry Um, i'm not comfortable reading this you know for whatever reason you don't even need to give a reason Having that conversation um, on both sides is really helpful to make sure that writers and betas are on the same page as far as what the writer is looking for and what the beta can provide. So there's no like big miscommunication and awkward conversation after the fact.
0: I think it's sort of especially from what you've been telling to me is it is about that kind of collaborative thing between the writer and the beta and it might be that maybe one pages doesn't work out or it's just not a good match and that's okay you can kind of move on both of you can move on and, and find other people that might be better suited and it's and that's absolutely fine you know I think it's just understanding it's finding that good collaboration that works well and there might be like a story that you write which works great for one beta but then you might read write another story. It doesn't work for that same beta for whatever reason it might be.
1: Yeah, you you read my mind, absolutely, because um I've definitely been in that situation because since I write, you know, all over the place, genre wise, like some people might be more comfortable not betaing a smut scene, whereas some people are like, this is my specialty. So yeah, it's really it's really just you know forming relationships with different people. This is not a marriage. You're not stuck with um, a beta. If you ask them to help you once, you don't need to ask them to help you again. Um, and it doesn't mean that you're not a good beta or that you're not a good writer. If one person terminates this relationship, this working relationship, right? It just means that maybe it wasn't a good fit. You know, because we all have different styles. We have different critiquing styles as betas, and we have different writing styles as writers and like for example, I see Becca and Chloe in a certain way. They are interpreted a little bit differently. So if if a beta reader sees Becca Mitchell as a different character, then I interpret her from from the the movies, right? That could be a problem because they might not be on the same page with me as far as as my story goes, and they might you know think that, that the character doesn't align with with their view of the character. So. It really is kind of like dating, honestly. It's just kind of like finding a good match. Like maybe you need somebody just for for now or like maybe you need somebody long-term. People shouldn't take it personally. If somebody moves on, people can find multiple betas for the same project. Um, that's happened before. You shouldn't get offended if somebody asks somebody else to read it too. You know, again, just keeping the end goal in mind is making the story the best it can be. And if there's more than one contributor, you know, that's great. Like you, you helped a little bit or a lot. It's, it's still being helpful.
0: Yeah, I think that's really important to kind of know, to know, and especially if we've been talking today about this kind of experience between the writer and the beta and just understanding, you know what, like, it's just about having a go and trying it out. And this is just an opportunity to develop and get to know other people and have those opportunities where you can kind of grow your work by showing it to others and getting others feedback and what you choose to do with that is up to you. It might just be me, but I always find it quite exciting just bouncing off ideas off of people or anything like that and just kind of getting other people's perceptions on things. It's amazing in the Pitch Perfect fandom how you can talk to different people and they have a completely different take on a character than what oh. you have. And
1: you're just like, whoa, this is like... Oh, yeah. Um, I've gotten some very strong, strongly opinionated responses when I post headcanons about certain characters. And it's okay. It's all good. It's, It's, you know, we're all passionate about the same characters in the same story. And I think that's the cool thing about fanfic and about fandom is is everyone can ha- has their own take and everyone you know sees Chloe's family is different right they see her parents maybe she's an only child maybe she has siblings maybe she was a jock in high school maybe she was a theater nerd you know like a lot of people write the same tropes, right, as each other, but these headcanons and the backstories that we create in our minds really help to shape them differently. So that's why, you know, I, I enjoy reading, like, for instance, other people's take on a time travel AU, right? Like, I, I think that's really cool. Other people's, like, zombie apocalypse stories, because we all just kind of see it a little bit differently. And that can make a huge difference in how the story comes across and how you emotionally experience the story it's important just for betas to know that it's really nerve wracking as a writer to send your writing to somebody just in general. So keeping that in mind when you're, when you're betaing a fic or reading it, um, you're reading it in draft form and it's like, Taking a piece of your heart and being like, "Here, <laughs> read this," because this is something I poured my soul into for the last however long, right? For that, like, I think with any creator, just like <laughs>
0: as soon as you've made it, so precious, <laughs>
1: yeah, um, yeah. So gentle with it, and you shouldn't have any problems. And also, just like fanfic writers, betas aren't paid for their work, so writers, you know, make sure you give them acknowledgement for their help in some way. Uh, that would that would be really appreciated too you know, it's a collaboration. We all have the same, you know, end goal in mind is to help the story become the best it can be for everybody else.
0: Definitely. Yeah. So just remind people, if they wanted to get involved, how can they do that? And where do they need to go?
1: Well, um, the beta project link is um, now a shortened bit.ly link. So it's bit.ly backslash betas in all lowercase. Or you can message me on Tumblr, uh, Rebecca Mitchell, and my friend Ellie, who offered to help. She's at Chloe Beal. And we are available to help. I already had somebody um, message me asking about, well, I don't know if I can be a beta. I don't really have experience. So I'm like more than happy to talk you through the process, what it's like, and help you feel a little bit more comfortable with it. So feel free to sign up, feel free. If you sign up, you can always put yourself on hiatus if you've got too much going on um, and then people won't contact you. Betas are w- um, always welcome to sign up and um, writers are always welcome to check out the beta doc and hit up one of the beta volunteers.
0: Thank you so much for talking to me today and kind of like opening up the whole world
1: of beta Thank you for having me and inviting me. This was really cool. But yeah, I'm, I'm more than happy to, to field any additional beta or writing-related questions. I, I'm like a writing nerd. I love just talking about the writing process, the beta process. So if anybody has any follow-up questions, you know, feel free to message me. I'm, I'm happy to help. So just remind
0: people where they can find you. And if they want to check out any of your work as well, where can they do that?
1: My Tumblr is Rebecca Mitchell. And my AO3 is Karma19, C-A-R-M-A. So I'm looking forward to talking with more people about writing and baiting. Awesome. Thank you so much, Carter, for talking to me. Thank you, Kayleigh.
0: So we've been learning all about betas. Let's delve into some fan fiction highlights for this week. There's a whole host of stories out there at the moment. And just to kind of pick out a few is so difficult. But we've got some women's hockey, some fan blogging and... A very emotional story, which I'm going to start off with today because I was not prepared for this story. It is called Singing Like a Bird, Bout It Now by Boat Stosa on AO3. The summary says, When visiting Barden for Emily's graduation, Chloe shares news with Becca that tests their friendship post Pitch Perfect 3. I think maybe I had just been reading way too many fluffy fics recently that I was not prepared for what this was going to become and it is quite an angsty story I'm just warning you but it is worth it it's so good the whole sort of premise of the story is is kind of in three parts and it's just a one shot so this all kind of takes place around Emily's graduation and all the Bellas kind of reuniting there to support Emily as she finishes at Barden and it's very apparent as you kind of delve into the story, the fact that everybody's kind of moved on a little bit from Pitch Perfect 3. Clearly, like, Becca and Chloe and that are not living in the same apartment. They, they've kind of gone on with their lives a little bit. Becker's obviously gone off to do the music with uh, DJ Khaled. Chloe's gone off somewhere else. So you had this whole moment where they're kind of reconnecting at this graduation. One of the big things is Becca and Chloe are kind of seeing each other at the hotel and they're like next door neighbors in the rooms and they just, they kind of settle into a comfortable rhythm really, really easily. And a lot of the story is from Becca's point of view and her almost reopening the love that she has for Chloe. Not that it disappeared, but like it was easier when they weren't around each other to kind of try and move on from something that never happened. And so you get a lot of like Becca pining over the fact that she's back with chloe and they're kind of settling back into their routine of what they were like and it just kind of slowly builds up from there really i think maybe the absence of not being around each other everything just became a bit more heightened because suddenly they were kind of back together again they were chilling out watching movies on the bed and like falling asleep in the same bed and there's like all this stuff is happening And so it was inevitable that something was going to tip this all and it was just going to go wrong. And it's quite interesting because as I was reading it and you kind of get Becca's point of view on things, it feels like there's information that hasn't been shared, maybe about people's relationship statuses or what they've been doing with their lives since everybody's been moving on. It seems like Becca kind of like withdrew a little bit since the Chicago kiss and like all this stuff's gone down, so there's like a little bit of hurt there as well. And so things kind of escalate from being kind of this whole pining situation where Becca's trying to figure out her feelings, like should she tell Chloe, should she not, to the point where it suddenly just escalates when Chloe kind of drops the info of what she shares with Becca. It's like the worst timing ever, and it's just so painful. Like, I was not prepared for a story that was going to like lull me into this false sense of security and then rip my heart out like genuinely there's a point when i'm reading it where i'm like i kind of want to stop reading because this is just painful now to read but i can't stop because i need to get to the end like i just need to finish the story it's so kind of angsty in that sense not that like chloe's done a lot of things wrong but a big factor of it is becca not articulating her feelings properly and there's like so many moments when you read about how she feels in her head but she just can't say it like just say it Becca like all this angst could be sorted out so easily if you would just say the words like come on please please just say it and there's like points where they get so close they just she gets so close to saying it but just not it's so annoying And that makes you like more upset because it's not just things happening to becca it's becca just not having the courage and i appreciate like it's really hard but you're just like please becca just just say it please and this just kind of all accumulates because things just then move on the pain carries on with you and there's points when you think oh please don't end the story there please do not end the story there this cannot be the end the emotional roller coaster that I went on reading this story was so good. They've they've done such a good job. One minute making you feel like Gray and like they're they're back together, and the next minute you're just like in so much pain because how did this happen? The barrel of angst that came with this story, but it was so worth it. The next story I wanted to highlight is the blog by the Bee Boos on AO3. The summary says. Becca starts a fan blog for Chloe to fulfil her need to obsess over Chloe. And Chloe may or may not find out about the blog. If you've had enough of the angst from the last story, this one is just a really light and fluffy story, just to kind of lighten up the mood a little bit. It's such a weird premise to the story, but I think that's why I fell in love with it so much. Because Chloe's like a vet, but she's also like... Become an influencer online. And that means that people have started to become quite big fans of Chloe. And I think, out of everybody from Pitch Perfect, Chloe does seem to kind of lead herself to the idea of being the influencer. Like, she has the personality, I think, that could work quite well. I don't know if she'd get on well with the uh, negative comments. She probably has the energy to be an online influencer. I quite like stories that will take kind of aspects of modern life and then see how the Bellas would react to or how they'd use it. So this is a great story of kind of one of them becoming an influencer, but then also like what comes with that. So then you start to get an online community and obviously fans will start to make content about you. Hence Tumblr. A lot of us who are fans of Pitch Perfect are on Tumblr and the community there and all the people making gifts and talking about it and drawing pictures and like so much stuff that goes on on the Tumblr community so the fact that somebody did a story about people making Tumblr content about Chloe was so good it was was awesome Chloe kind of really enjoys it so she starts sharing it with Becca and this is kind of where the story all picks up and Becca being her nonchalant self shall we say doesn't want to like it like she has a crush on Chloe and the fact that there are f- fans across the internet crushing on Chloe as well doesn't really settle that easily with Becca at first. So she kind of brushes it off. It's great to kind of like have that side of Becca where she doesn't want to admit she likes something. So like to save face, she just won't like it. Secretly, she's a bit of a softie for it. And this is one of those times because... When Chloe's not around, it turns out that suddenly Becca kind of gets a bit of an obsession with being on this Tumblr community about Chloe Beale and decides to make a blog about Chloe. The way of pining that you could make an online blog and then literally blog about your crush is perfect. She has a safe space where she can just go on and talk about how much she loves Chloe Beale. <laughs> Also, like, she's got the upper hand out of everybody else in this community because they're all going to be gushing over Chloe. But Becca can actually take pictures and share info that nobody else is going to have because Becca's right there. She's got the inside scoop every time. And I'm quite astonished at Becca making this blog about Chloe and kind of interacting in the Chloe Bure online community. And then how quickly when she starts her blog, this escalates. Becca just kind of falls into this vortex and and it's off. It's away. And she gets kind of so sucked into the whole thing. She's not always that careful with it. (laughs) Hence the whole premise of the story that Chloe may find out about this blog. I just love Becca's reactions through the whole thing, whether it's like pretending not to be into it, suddenly kind of Getting deeply engrossed with this blog. And then the other side of it, which is this whole kind of like, does Chloe know? Because Becca's accidentally left it somewhere that Chloe could see. So then there's a whole part of the story which is just like, Becca doesn't want to bring it up with Chloe, but is like, pretty sure Chloe knows. And like, how mortifying would it be if crush found out that you have a blog about them? And you live with them as well. <laughs> the final story that I wanted to highlight this week is called... You Kept Me Warm in a Cold Place by Jacob Peralta. This is an AU story and the summary says, Paired with an athlete trainer of a women's hockey team, Chloe Beale meets Becca Mitchell on a school assignment. A small but reckless hockey player who seems to like getting injured as much as she likes avoiding Chloe's questions. Except Chloe isn't afraid to go after what she wants and getting to know Becca is the one thing on her mind. This is a really interesting story because it's like an AU where Becca is a hockey player, is set in Barden and around Pitch Perfect 1. It's got like connections with Pitch Perfect 1 throughout the story, but obviously Becca's not in the Bellas and a lot of the Bellas from Pitch Perfect 1 are not in the Bellas. So like Stacey and Cynthia Rose and Fat Amy are in the hockey team, whereas you've got like Aubrey and Chloe are the captains of the Bellas. It's really fun to kind of read an AU story with little bits of Pitch Perfect 1 in there, but slightly different. So, like, the shower scene kind of is there, but it's different than it is in the movie, and some of the lines from Pitch Perfect 1 are in there. So, it like, all these little connections that you can kind of get. And I just... I love this whole thing of the fact that Becca is this ice hockey player, because... She's so small that part of you thinks she's gonna get really hurt. It leans into this whole kind of scrappy side of Becca and the whole idea of don't underestimate Becca Mitchell because she'll take you out. She got this whole kind of like side to her when she's on the ice, which just kind of lends itself really well to the fact that she will just get in there and and like body check someone. She's up for any challenge more often than not it does seem to kind of end up with her needing going to see the medic and and getting that sorted out this is all from chloe's perspective in the story and can i just say chloe beale in this story is like the cutest thing she's so optimistic about life it's just so endearing the way they've written chloe with this kind of really optimistic attitude and just wanting to make friends with people she's like quite determined and you're just like, oh, nobody hurt Chloe. Chloe's so nice. Which is almost like so different from Becca. So then seeing them interact with each other is quite fun because Becca's quite cynical. She's not very open at all, whereas Chloe's really open. I also kind of like in the story how they haven't made Chloe perfect. I think it's very easy sometimes to kind of write Chloe's is kind of like, oh, she's got all her stuff together and she's so optimistic and everything's lovely. But like the character, you know, maybe they're not not the best of waking up in the morning or she's okay bending the rules a little bit or she's a bit too curious and and it gets her into a little bit of trouble. I think it was also interesting with the story because the main group of Bellas are not there. They're not in the Bellas. So you have, like, the story of the Baden Bellas with Chloe and Aubrey on the side where the main focus is on the hockey team. Having such an optimistic Chloe with Aubrey... And how that works out, especially when Chloe starts to get this fascination with Becca and with the school assignment having a focus on this hockey team and, and doing the first aid for this hockey team. So it does rub Aubrey the wrong way sometimes. Aubrey and Becca, when they meet, don't get along at all. And they're both captains of their like, respective teams. It kind of ends up putting Chloe in like an awkward situation sometimes between the two of them. But just Chloe's determination to get to know this kind of aloof hockey player is really endearing. And like the length that she goes to get to know Becca is really, really sweet. I really enjoyed reading it. I like the, the author says they don't know a thing about hockey, but they wanted to do like a story around. And that's the great thing about fan fiction is like you can have an idea of a story and just have a go at it. I just really loved how they kind of brought these two worlds together those are our fan fiction highlights for this week thank you so much for listening and of course if you want to keep up to date with the podcast we are on tumblr instagram facebook and twitter and we've also set up a co-fi account so if you do want to support the podcast and help us keep it running you can make donations there it's just co-fi.com forward slash pitch i really really appreciate everybody who has shown their support for the podcast whether it's through donations Or just like the things that you do to share it and get it out there. It really means a lot. And I'm really, really grateful for everyone who keeps supporting me to make the podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I'll see you next time, Pitches.